going to be back in Judges chapter 6 today, and we'll be finishing up uh, Judges 6. And my sermon is titled, Elevate 2020. Someone say the word elevate. elevate. Okay, get ready to hear the word elevate about 100 times this morning and uh, 1,000 times over the next few weeks or the next few months. Elevate, elevate, elevate. Last week, we started looking at Judges 6, and we, what we saw was that Israel was invaded by who? The Midianites, right? And after 40 years of peace, God gave the, uh, the Israelites into the hand of Midian or the Midianites. And, and we see that they were in oppressed or oppression from Midian for a total of seven long years. And what brought them into the hands of the Midianites was Israel's complacency in life, right? That allowed them to be delivered into the hand of Midian. And we saw that they suffered invasion, they suffered imprisonment, they suffered impoverishment, and it all happened in their own land, all by the hand of the Midianites. And after seven years, Seven years it took. Israel finally decided to wake up, and they finally decided to do what? Cry out to God, right? And an amazing thing happened. He what? God answered their cry. God provided them with an unknown uh, 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 prophet and then the judge and Gideon. And God reminded them before that happened, God reminded them who he was. Sometimes we need a reminder of who God is. Amen. I know I do. Sometimes I need to look back at God's miracles that he's done in my life. Sometimes I need to look back at God's miracles he's done in your life, what God has done throughout the Bible, and look at those, those aspects. And if he's done it for them, he can do it for you and me. Amen. We need that reminder. But last week, I gave NLCC a word, and that word is what? Elevate. The word is elevate. And elevate is what? It means to rise, raise or lift something up to a higher position. It also means to raise to more important or impressive level. Our challenge this year is to elevate every aspect and every area of our lives as a corporate body, but I'm also challenging you as an individual and us as a corporate body to elevate every aspect of our lives. God is calling us to an elevation, to elevate, to a higher calling, to a higher standard. And I want you to think about this. Once you come to the conclusion that you've experienced all that God has for you, or if you come to the conclusion that your relationship is the deepest you want it with God, at that particular point, growth stops. At that particular point, there is no elevating. At that particular point, you actually do the opposite and you start uh, descending or declining in your relationship with God instead of elevating. Once we, realize, once we find out or, or once we see that, that, that that's all we can get from God or that's all we can give God is where we're at now, then at that point, we're descending. At that point, complacency comes in. At that point, we are no longer growing in 
in God. There's always something to learn. There's always something to go deeper on. There's always a prayer that needs to be prayed for. There's always a faith that needs to be challenged. And if you don't have one, meet me after service, and I'll give you some people's names who are dealing with faith, including myself, in terms of areas of my life that I'm, I, I'm, I'm trusting God for, and you can pray along with me. Amen? Because I guarantee you there's many of us in here that are dealing with something that our faith is being challenged on. But let me tell you what Elevate is. It's not totally about you, but it's more about him, amen? That's, that's what it's about. It's about elevating him. There are areas in our life that we need to elevate. There are areas in our life that we need to go deeper on. There are areas in our life we gotta push on. There are areas in our personal life that we have to change up, but that does not trump what we need to do in terms of our relationship with our God, amen? That's what it means. Let's not forget, elevate means raising God in our lives to a more important and impressive level. This morning, we're gonna be looking at Gideon, actually getting to Gideon this morning, and he's a, he's a piece of work. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll see his transition and how God elevated Gideon. And if God can elevate Gideon to where Gideon was, to where Gideon finished at, and we know the story of Gideon, that's an awesome thing. He can do a work and you and I, but I believe he wants to elevate us. He wants to challenge us. He wants to shift us. He wants to stretch us. But you know what he's waiting on? He's waiting on, on us. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on me. And there's four truths I want us to see regarding how to elevate our relationship with God. We're gonna go back to verse seven that we covered last week and, and read seven and eight because it's too important to skip up for what we're gonna be talking about today. Verse seven and eight says this. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet. Okay, let me end it right there. The first thing I want us to see, the first truth I want us to see this morning is our relationship with God is elevated through prayer. Our relationship with God is elevated through prayer. We see the Israelites had enough. They were sick and tired of being sick and tired. Have you ever been there? When we're sick of tired of being sick of tired, guess what happens? Change happens when we're sick of tired of being sick of tired. I love that, that word. Dave Ramsey always uses it when I listen to his podcast. But you got to be sick and tired of sick and tired for change to happen. And that's where the Israelites were at. And they finally cried out to the Lord after how many years? Seven long years. And the reason why they cried is in verse 7, it says the reason for the cry was because of who? It was because of Midian. It was because of the Midianites. And we saw that Midian, God handed over the Israelites into Midianites' hands. It's interesting to think about this, that it took the Israelites being handed over to Midian, for Midian to oppress them, for them to finally go back to God, for them to finally cry out to God once again. We see that in chapter 5, they had 40 years of peace. But it didn't happen just in 40 years, in the 40th year, on the one day, God handed them over the Midianites. I believe in those 40 years, God was trying to get their attention. Day by day, God was trying to get their attention. God was like, hey, listen, hey, listen, hey, listen to me, my children. Hey, listen to me. And they wouldn't do it. They would not listen. And what happens is year after year, day after day, month after month, they drifted further and further away from God, and they never saw it. You know why they never saw it? because they become complacent 
When we become complacent, we don't see our trend going down because things just become normal. It becomes the norm to us, right? And when it becomes normal to us, we don't see that trend. And that's what happened with the Israelites. And finally, God had enough. And he went to an extreme measure and he said, okay, I'm going to give you to the hands of the Midianites. And you know what happened? It worked. They finally cried out to God. They, God got their attention. And they finally cried out to God. You know what that makes me think of? It makes me think of my own life. What situations in my life have I been handed into for me to see God, for me to cry out to God again? What situations have I been uh, handed into or put into so my faith could be elevated, amen? What situations have I encountered in my own life that, that was, was placed upon me for, for God to get my attention because he's been trying to do it over and over and over again? It happens to every single one of us. It's happened to me before, amen? What, where, you know, that the, the complacency, what situations have we been handed into? We have to view our relationship with God as, I was, I was thinking about this this week as an elevator, okay? Now follow me here, an elevator goes what? Up and down, and it stops on a floor for maybe what? Five, 10 seconds, and then it continues going up and down. If you stop longer on a floor for more than five or 10 seconds, you're probably at my mom's house who has horrible elevators. No, I'm just playing. No, you're, <laughs> oh man, you got to pray, pray hard in those elevators. <laughs> Melba and my mom know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about too. But anyways, you, 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 you stop, right? And if you stop, you pray harder. No, but if you stop at an elevator, you, you kind of get freaked out for a second because elevators are meant to stop at, at, the, at the, the floor you press, right? Get you out and move up and down again. Our relationship with God is like an elevator, okay? It needs to constantly be elevated. It needs to constantly go up because if it's not going up, the only option is it's going down because if you're stagnant for one particular uh, time, you're stagnant for just a few seconds and you're either going up or you're going down. It reminds me of what Jesus says in Revelations that says you either are hot or you're cold because if you're lukewarm, he'll spew you out of his mouth. He doesn't want you stopping on the fifth floor. He wants you to continue going up until you hit the hundredth floor, which is heaven. And then at that point, you're done, amen? That's where God wants us going. He doesn't want us staying on floor one or two or the basement. He wants us going up and up and up and elevated. That's what our relationship is, just like an elevator. The Bible's clear about that. Either you're hot or cold, or he'll spew you out of his mouth. Because staying in the same, uh, same place brings on complacency. Once we're complacent in our life, that's when we start descending in our life. That's when growth no longer happens. That means that we're going in the wrong direction, and that's what the Israelites were at. They finally hit rock bottom, and they cried out to God. And what made them cry out to God? It was the hand of Midianites. It was the hand of their oppressor. So he sent out an unknown prophet. And after he sent out the unknown prophet, then he went out and sent out Gideon. And he used Gideon to deliver the Israelites. But what, what put that all into motion? What put the prophets to go out and tell uh, the Israelites who he was, who God was? Who, who, what, what, what caused the angel to go out and talk to Gideon? What put that all in motion? You want to put that all in motion was? It was the cry and the prayer of the Israelites that put that all in motion. You see that? It was the prayer and the cry of the Israelites that put that all in motion for their deliverance once again. Let me tell you this. 
prayer is a building block in our foundation of our relationship with God. Without speaking to God, you will never know who God is. Without talking to him and communing with him on a daily basis, your relationship is not going to be elevated. Your relationship is going to fall apart, and you're going to become complacent of not praying and not talking to him. If I just uh, walked down the hallway and, and said hi to my wife back when we were in high school, and I never communicated with her, she would never become my friend, which in turn would come, become my girlfriend, which in turn I communicated with her, and, and we, we elevated to a fiance and then from there we elevated to, to a husband and wife and from here it doesn't stop there it's continuing elevating in a lifelong partnership amen and that's what we are with, with, with Christ if we're not working if we're not praying if we're not uh, working on our relationship we're either going up and elevating it or we're descending in our relationship and it all starts out with communication and that is done through what prayer it's all done through prayer we elevate our relationship with God through prayer. Gideon and the Israelites' freedom was the direct result of the Israelites finally going before God in prayer. Second thing I want us to see, second truth is found in verse 11 and 12. The angel of the Lord came and sat down on the oak and Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizirite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Okay, remember that. What does he say? He says, say with me, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Okay, second thing, the second truth I want us to see is God can elevate until I, and I put the I, right? Because I'm talking about I, you're talking about yourself. I start believing what he says. No elevation. You can't elevate your relationship until you start believing what God says about you. Amen? As we go to God in prayer, we have to start believing what he says about me, about you. We got to start believing what he says. Listen to this. The angel of the Lord shows up and he tells Gideon two things. He says, the Lord is with you. And then he goes on and he tells him that, the, that, that you are a mighty warrior. Okay, I want you to think about that for a minute. Gideon, God is with Gideon and he's a mighty warrior. Where is Gideon at right now? He's in a wine press, okay? What is he doing in a wine press? He's not crushing grapes. He's threshing wheat, okay? Let me tell you this. Threshing wheat goes on a threshing floor. A th threshing floor is at a higher altitude so the wind can come and take the, 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 the shaft, the, the, the stuff that, 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 that is carried off and leaves the wheat, okay? He's not threshing wheat where it needs to be threshed at. He's doing it in a wine press. You know where a wine press is at? It's at the low points. It's at the valley points. It's, it's at a hidden point points why is he hidden for because he's totally afraid of the Midianites he's totally afraid that once he threshes this wheat once he has wheat it's going to be taken and invaded and stolen from him and his family so he's hiding out and his angel shows up and the angel says God is with you well wait God's with me I'm afraid to death here and then he says mighty warrior a mighty warrior hidden away not on a threshing floor but in a wine press 
Think about that. Think about that for just a second. He was afraid. He was afraid. The angel of the Lord calls to Gideon directly opposite of who Gideon is and where he was in life. He wasn't a mighty warrior. Let's be honest, he was a coward, afraid. And, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I probably would be too. And God shows up, or the Lord, the angel of the Lord shows up and he calls him, he says, hey, God's with you, you mighty warrior. Say this, a mighty warrior wouldn't be afraid of the opposition. A mighty warrior wouldn't be threshing wheat in a wine press. A mighty warrior would be at the threshing floor because if the, if the opponents come, a mighty warrior is ready to what? He's ready to fight. He's ready to stand up. He's ready to take his ground. But that wasn't who Gideon was. He was hunkered down in fear. Let me tell you this. The angel's words was not about who Gideon was. At that particular point, it was who Gideon would be. Amen? He wasn't calling out who Gideon was at that particular point because Gideon wasn't a mighty warrior. But God was calling out who Gideon would be. His words would who Gideon would become. Write this down. This is not on your listening sheet. But God speaks in our life about who we will be, not who we are. He speaks to who we will be, who I am in Christ, not who we are right now. God doesn't care where you've been at. God cares of where you're going, amen? God doesn't care about your past, what he's doing. He cares about calling out your future, amen? That's what he cares about. In his fear, in his imprisonment, in his impoverishment, God calls Gideon a mighty warrior, and he does the same for us. He calls us not where we are at. He calls us how he sees us and where we are going, Amen? That's where he does. Let me tell you this. You may not feel loved, but he says, you're loved. Amen? You may not feel like a conqueror, but he says, you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Amen? He says, you may feel defeated, right? But he says that you are a overcomer. He says, maybe you're feeling like you are in last place or a loser. He, and he says, you are the head and you are not the tail. You may feel like you are a slave. And he says, you are part of a royal priesthood. Think about that. You may feel rejected. And he says, you know what? You're the apple of my eye. You're not rejected. You are loved. Amen? But let me tell you this. And he tells Gideon, he says, Gideon, you're, 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 you're afraid. You feel defeated. And he says, you know what you are? A mighty warrior. Think about that. Let me tell you this. If you can't believe God in his written word, you're not going to believe God in his verbal word. Let's be honest. If I gave you a contract, a written contract, and you say, I don't want the written contract, give me your verbal word, who does that? When someone says, hey, I give you my word, what do we say? Put it in writing. Your boss says, I'm gonna give you a raise and this is what I'm gonna give you, right? You, you, so you know what he said or, he, or she said, but you wait until you have it in writing before it becomes what? Bible or truth, right? We want it in writing. But if we can't believe God in his written word, which is the word of God, how can we believe God in his spoken word 
in our prayers is we're praying for something. We're praying and, see, and, and, and looking for God for an answer. And if we get the answer, how can we believe it when we can't even believe who he says we are? We got to start believing who he says we are in his word. And so the only way that we're going to elevate our relationship is trusting him, what he has told us in his own word about you and about me. Amen? See how that works? Third thing I want us to see. In Judges 6, verse 13, he says, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? You've asked that question before? I have. If the Lord's with us, why has this happened? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Third truth I want us to see is God can't elevate what I believe falsehoods. God can't elevate what we believe lies. He, he just can't. He, he can't work in our lives. Falsehoods are lies. God can't elevate what we believe falsehoods. He breaks it down and Gideon, Gideon, Gideon gives God two responses. His first response is, from a lie and, he, and, and, and the Gideon believed. The angel tells him that the Lord is with him and Gideon replies, if the Lord is with us, why are all these things happening to us? If the Lord's with us. See, he never believed that the Lord was with him. He never believed in the promise of God, that God would never leave them or forsake him. He didn't believe that. And Gideon thought if God was with him, why am I in a wine press? Why am I not on the threshing floor? Why am I constantly invaded? Why, I am, why am I living in poverty? Why am I not seeing the promises of my ancestors? Why am I not seeing God deliver us like he did with my ancestors and the wonders that he did with the hands of the Egyptians? And then he goes on and he tells the angel of the Lord, he says, the Lord abandoned us. The Lord left us. All these have gone on because the Lord is not with us. Let me tell you, that's, that's a half-truth, and when we do a half-truth, let's be honest, that's a full lie. Half-truth is a full lie. And we, when we think about his response, God did give them to the hands of the Midianites, but it was only after God couldn't got, get their attention. In fact, God was there the entire time. They chose to turn their back on God. So who left who? God didn't leave them. They left God. See, when we feel like we're separated from God, the thing is, is we've got to examine our lives and say, well, where is that separation coming from? God is still God. God doesn't change. God is still there, even though sometimes we may not feel him. doesn't mean he's not there. God is still there. Amen? We leave God just like the Israelites. He never left them. They left him. God's promise was, I will never leave you. And we have that promise today as well. Let me tell you this, God can't elevate us while believing falsehoods. It's very easy for us to look around, especially in today's society, and say, where's God at? Turn on the TV, you see rumor, uh, wars and rumors of wars. You look at some hideous crimes that go on. Criminals don't get punishment anymore. They get let, let that, sometimes it seems like they have more freedom than us. You see murders, you see kids getting hurt. And we can look at that on our TVs. We can look at that on our social media. And we can turn and say, where, where is God at? Where is God at? The issue is God didn't leave Israel. Israel left God. Our issue is God hasn't left us. 
we've left God as a society. We've left God. We put him on the back burner. We've took him out of every area of our lives. And until we can see that, we won't be able to elevate our relationship with God. I say, God is there. He's right there. He's, he's waiting for us. What Gideon should have done is looked at his situation and saw God's grace and mercy upon his life and say, you know what? Hey, I'm still here. I may be threshing on a wine press, but God's given me the grace and mercy to still live another day. He should have realized that, but he, he, he didn't. And the reason why he didn't, is, let's be honest, is when we believe lies, it blocks out the truth. And when we, we, when we believe lies, we can't see the truth. And the lies in the, our life start becoming truth. And we believe those lies over truth. And truth really becomes lies in our life. God can't elevate in our life when we're believing a lie like Gideon believed. And the last thing I want us to see, verse 14 through 16. He says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? He says, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. The last truth we see is God can't elevate while I keep looking in the same mirror. God can't elevate while I keep looking into the same mirror. You know what's interesting about this is it's dialogue back and forth. And Gideon says, God, you left us. And God, where are you at? And you know, God never even answered him. He never even answered him. He said, the, the Lord turned to him and said, go in strength. You have, you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Strength. It's a man who's in a wine press. Threshing weeds. What strength does he have? Where is the strength going to come from? How can he have strength when he's afraid? How can he have strength when he's the weakest in Manasseh? How can he have strength when he's the, the weakest of his family in Manasseh? How can he have strength when he's scared to death in a wine press? You know how he could have strength? Because the Lord called him what? Mighty warrior. God says mighty warrior. You think God's not going to back it up with some other attributes to make him a mighty warrior? You think God's going to give a mighty warrior, uh, warrior a name and not an action and strength? At that particular point, when he, when, he, when, he, when he blessed him and he said, mighty warrior, right? When he called him mighty warrior at that particular point, you know what Gideon did? He turned back to the same mirror he's been looking at for the last seven years and goes, I'm not mighty. God said he was mighty, and at that particular point, that's all he needed. At that particular point, he could say, listen, God says I'm mighty. It's in the strength that you've given me, and even God, the Lord says it in itself, and he says, go in the strength you have, the strength that I've already given you, Gideon. Go into that strength. Stop looking at the same mirror over and over again and looking for different results. We look at the same mirror and say, I'm the weakest of my family. 
I'm the one with no college education. I'm the one who's a high school dropout. I'm the one who messed up my, my, my life. I'm the one that did this, and I'm the one that did that. And we go back to that mirror over and over again, and God's saying, listen, wake up. I'm trying to elevate you. I'm trying to bring you out of it, but you can't keep on going back to the same mess and believing the same lies and, the same, and sometimes the same truths that's been told to you over and over again. Stop looking into the same mirror because I'm calling you out to a higher calling in life. And I'm calling you a mighty warrior even when you're in the wine presses of life. I'm calling you that and I'm providing you with that strength. But it's time for us to stop looking into the same mirror and stop repeating the same lies and stop repeating the falsehoods that's been told to us over and over again throughout the generations of our life. Amen? Listen, every year we start, we, we come up with New Year's, New Year's resolutions, right? Or we come up with some form of something we want to accomplish. And it normally goes like this. I, in 2020, I want to blah, blah, blah. Okay? I want to. I was praying this week, and I was just asking the Lord. I said, Lord, I want to elevate certain areas of my life. How, how can I elevate certain areas of my life? And he, and, he, and, he, and he spoke to me, and he says, you know, that's the problem. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And he told me, he said, it's not I. It's about me. And I, and I, and I kid you not, I heard that. I said, it's not about me. It's about him. It's about him, what he has spoken into my life. It's about him keeping him at the center of my life. It's not about what Dennis wants to do. It's about me elevating him in my life. Because as I elevate him, he's going to take me to higher places that I've never, ever thought of. As I elevate him, he's going to bless my finances like I've never, ever thought about. As I elevate him, my family is going to get the blessings of, of, of what he has in store for us. As I elevate him and I put him on the pedestal and I center my life around him, that's when everything else will be drawn near to him. As he says in James 4, 8, when he says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Amen. It's not about I or what I can accomplish. It's about him and what he can accomplish. It's about the strength that he's provided me. It's not my strength that's, that, 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 that's came physically in me, but it's him working through me. Amen? That's what it's about. We can't keep looking at the same mirror and say, well, what was my strength at? Your strength's still there. Or it's not there. Your physical strength. But how can we accomplish things? It's only through the strength of him. Let me tell you this, standing up here on a weekly basis is the only way that I can do it is through his strength. Because there's no way physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally that I can pour in week in and week out without his strength. Every week, it's his strength. Every week. Power does not rely upon us. It's through us. It's in us. Amen. But our issue is, is we're limited beings. We keep going back to the same mirror, looking at it. Stop doing it. Start looking at him and say, look, what God, what, what do you want to elevate in my life? What do you want for me? This morning, Mike and if Nathaniel, can you help him out? 
there's two resources I want to give you. One's the old resource that we've had for a long time and, and uh, um, just received confirmation this morning of why we passed this out, but it's a Who Am I in Christ, okay? Some of you guys have this on your fridges at home, uh, Bible, whatever it may be. This is, this is the written word of God, amen? And this is what God has called us to be, and this is what we need to start believing because this is who he's called us. And so if you don't believe it, you're not gonna believe the spoken word of God. You gotta start believing the written word of God, amen? So who am I in Christ? The second one is, is what I'm gonna call a Elevate 2020 prayer booklet, okay? Just a little notepad. I want you to do, is I want you to go home. This is not gonna be something that you share and turn in or nothing like that. You're gonna put it on, don't put it on a shelf next to the other notepad, notepads that you have things written on. Keep it somewhere that's accessible, okay? I want you to write your prayers down, not just for 2020. This is going to be an ongoing thing. Something comes up Monday morning. It wasn't a prayer for 2020, but now it's a prayer of yours. Put it down. And I want this to be an active prayer log because what's going to happen is hopefully this is something that you can, can have for the rest of your life. Where you look back in 2021, you can see all the prayers that God answered. So when you ever ask, God, where are you at? He says, I was there in your healing. I was there in your breakthrough. I was there in a, fin- a, 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 a family issue and I mended it. I was there when you needed me. I was there in all these answered prayers. And who knows? I don't know what January 21, 2021 looks like, but maybe we can get together and and if you want to share something, share it of what God has done in your life. But I think so many times we, 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 we pray about things and then they exit our mind and they're lost and they're never to be remembered again. They're memories that are forgotten. This is going to be like our, for the Google users, our, our Google photos that come up or our Facebook memories that says, on this day in 2020, you prayed about blank and God answered your prayer. Amen? It's time to increase that. It's time to increase our relationship. It's time to increase our prayer, which in turn will increase our, our prayer is a direct result of our relationship. If we're praying to God more, we have a better relationship with God because we're talking to him a little more. I challenge you, don't, don't, don't toss it somewhere. Write something down. Pray about it. Seek after him and see what he has in store for you. Not just in 2020. It's not a 2020 thing. This is a life thing. Amen? You with me, church? Can we do that? You want to see God move in our lives? I want to see God move like never, ever before. I mean, just knock the daylights out of us, you know, just, just to wake up and be like, my man, and actually say, oh my God, right? Not saying it as in a bad thing, but say, oh my God, you are awesome, right? And sometimes we need it to be written down to look back and say, wow, I may be in a wine press right now. I may feel like a failure. I may feel all these things, but look what you have done in this year. I'm not a failure. I, 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 I'm a chosen generation. I'm a royal priesthood. 
Amen? And look at those prayers and say, wow, Lord. Stand with me as I close in prayer. I'm excited to see what God has. And, and we, we put this, because we're physical beings, we put this on a 12-month calendar. We put our 2020 in 12-month calendar, and we do it by day by day. But I'm excited to see what God has in store for you, for me as well. But I'm excited to see what he's, he's done in your life, because that's what what's, keeps each one of us going sometimes, is to say, wow, you know, I know God did it for me, but he, he did it for you too. He worked in your life. He worked in our life. He worked in our church's life. And look back and think, wow, right? Heavenly Father, I come before you today, Lord Jesus, and I thank you, Lord, for the truths that you've given to us, Lord. Lord, I ask you, Heavenly Father, that they are opening, opening our eyes, Heavenly Father, and that, that we can elevate our relationship with you and take it to the next level, Heavenly Father. I pray, Lord, that it's not just by words, but it's by action and our deeds, Heavenly Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we continue living this life out, Lord, day by day until the day you take us home, Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, that we elevate our relationship with you, because if we're not elevating, we're going down, Lord. I ask you, Heavenly Father, that we continue growing in our relationship with you, Lord Jesus. I ask you, Lord, that as, as we stop looking at that daily mirror of the things that have been said about us, Heavenly Father, we will go back to the spoken word of God and, and start believing what the spoken and the written word of God says about us, Lord, and be living with that, Lord, over us and stop looking at the old man, but start walking in the new man, Heavenly Father. I thank you for that, Lord. I, I thank you for these booklets, Heavenly Father, that, 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 that you have in, and that we have in our possession, Heavenly Father. I thank you, Lord, for the vision that you've, you've you provided uh, to us today, Heavenly Father. I ask you, Lord, that as we write things down, Heavenly Father, we write our needs needs and our desires of our hearts, Lord, for you to work in our lives, Heavenly Father. I pray, Lord, as we're praying about these things, Lord, that one by one, Lord, they will start being answered, Heavenly Father. We can start checking things off, Lord, and get excited, Heavenly Father. Not only uh, start praying for things in our life, Lord, but start praying for each other, Heavenly Father, as, as the early church did, Lord Jesus. I thank you for that, Heavenly Father. I thank you for your word that has been spoken today, Lord. Allow it to carry us through, Lord, not just for today, Lord, but allow it to carry us through for, for, for years to come, Heavenly Father. Allow it to be a generational change, Heavenly Father, what we do and we implement in our household, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your word that you spoke. I, I ask you to protect it, Lord. I ask you to allow it to penetrate our hearts this week, Heavenly Father, and bring us back safely next week, Lord, for another awesome time in the word with you. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. And the church says, amen, amen. Bless you, church, this week. God bless you. Have a good Sunday. We'll see you back next Sunday.